brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. If you're tired of hearing about the synod on synodality, don't worry, you are definitely not alone. Clearly, some bishops are so tired of it that they're just pretending as a body that the whole thing just doesn't exist, that the whole thing isn't happening. And that doesn't exactly bode well for the implementation stage of the synod, which should commence at some point in 2025. I'm not the only one noticing that many bishops are ignoring this either. Clearly, the Catholic media, who doesn't think Francis is enough of a modernist, are pointing this out, and they're using their allied lay mouthpieces to amplify their questioning of the motives of some of these bishops that we're going to go over now. All of that is happening while other bishops are standing up to the heretics in their midst. The church is more divided than ever before, which is perhaps the most noteworthy fruit of the alleged papacy of Francis. Let's dive into these stories today. But first, let's check in with the unique and sole expression of the Roman Rite. Over in Argentina, a bishop decided to have a statue of Francis built. Yes, a statue, and as you can see here, it's, it's not exactly the most awe-inspiring statue ever built by the hands of man. The angle this photograph was taken from adds a certain level of kind of creepiness to the picture. It's honestly kind of unsettling to look at. But I want to make something abundantly clear. Francis actually did not ask for the statue to be built. In fact, he's quite rightly asked people not to build statues of him. I agree, unequivocally. And not just because I disagree strongly with most things he does. I don't like the idea of a living pontiff or papal claimant having a monument built to them. Let that stuff happen after they've resigned, retired, or gone to their particular judgment. So for, for once, I agree with Francis on this, and without question. Mark that one on the calendar, I guess. Now, the Worldwide Synod on Synodality is getting a lot of pushback from bishops. Even some bishops who are just too afraid to speak publicly against the Synod are speaking by their inaction. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops is going to meet very shortly as a body, and the Synod on Synodality isn't even on their agenda. We'll get to them in a moment. That has definitely caused some consternation. For a little bit of good news, I want to bring this to your attention. Archbishop Gadecki of Poland wrote a letter last year to the German bishops trying to correct their errors on the German Synodal Way, which is technically a separate process from the whole worldwide synod on synodality, but has had pretty much the same results as the worldwide synod, so really it is part of the larger synod. The letter was just made public by Kathcon Blog. I can give you the full text this weekend if you want in a video, but again, it came out originally last year, so I'm inclined not to, but if you really want it, let me know. But for our purposes, the following quote gives us a good summary. Archbishop Gadecki very politely accuses the German bishops of being motivated by something other than the gospel. He pretty much accuses them of being motivated by love of the world first and foremost, which is, of course, something our Lord condemns in the gospels. So from his letter, quote, In view of the communion of faith and history between Poland and Germany, I would like to express my deep concern about the information that has recently been heard from certain circles of the Catholic Church in Germany, wrote the president of the Polish Episcopal Conference, Archbishop Stanislaw Gadecki, in a letter to the president of the German Episcopal Conference, who is, happens to be Bishop Georg Batzing, in relation to the German, quote, synodal way. Chairman of the Polish Episcopate acknowledged that the Catholic Church in Germany plays an important role in Europe. That is why I view the actions of the 
German Sonata Way so far with concern. Looking at its fruits, one can get the impression that the basis of reflection is not always the gospel. Gadecki wrote, Archbishop Gadecki stressed that, true to the church's teaching, we must not give in to the pressure of the world or the models of the prevailing culture, as this can lead to moral and spiritual corruption. Let us avoid repeating hackneyed slogans and standard demands, such as the abolition of celibacy, the priesthood of women, communion for remarried divorcees, or the blessing of James Martin pairings. He appealed. End quote. Now, it is worth noting here, not every bishop is going to speak even that forcefully about the synod on synodality or the German synod away. And that was a pretty polite letter, honestly. Others take a different approach to obstructing the synod, like the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. Like I said a moment ago, the U.S. bishops have decided to just quietly ignore the whole synodality thing at their upcoming meeting, which the usual suspects over at the National Catholic Reporter are quite sad about. Just a reminder, by the way, there are only, to my knowledge, two self-described Catholic news outlets that have been told by their bishops to stop marketing themselves as Catholic, and the National Catholic Reporter has ignored the bishops on this one. It's a legitimate request from the Catholic bishops, but they ignored it. But disobedience to the faith and to legitimate authority is part and parcel for that outlet. But here's their complaint about the USCCB. Quote, what the bishops apparently will not hear are any briefings about recent developments or upcoming milestones related to Pope Francis's ongoing process for the 2021 to 2024 Synod, the three-year global effort at listening and dialogue that the pontiff has said is what, quote, God expects of the Church of the Third Millennium. The Synod's absence from a preliminary agenda, the bishops' conference released for the June 14th to 16th meeting, is the latest stark example of how the U.S. Episcopate has sometimes resisted or dismissed Francis's priorities for the universal church. It's astonishing that synodality is absent from the agenda, but it reflects a more general problem in the Catholic Church as a whole in the U.S., where interest for the synod has been weak, or in some cases, it's been resisted, said Massimo Fascioli, a church historian and theologian at Villanova University, end quote. Massimo Fagioli has one of those names you have to be kind of careful saying on YouTube, but accidentally set off the algorithm in a negative way. But he is one of the more high-profile voices for Francis in North America among the lady. He's a college professor, among other things, and has constantly been an attack dog for Francis against the American resistance to him. Though, since the release of Francis's new document about social media, he's generally cooled down a little in his off-the-cuff rhetoric. His taking a leading role in trying to correct the bishops is not surprising, though, to be honest. He has been a vocal supporter of Francis's call for caring for our common home, whatever that means, as well as his other haphazard forays into the church, trying to teach the world how the social arrangements of the world are supposed to actually work according to the church. It's especially not surprising, given what the depths of the omissions on Francis's agenda the U.S. bishops are really getting into here. You see, they're clearly pretending that Francis' papacy doesn't exist, at least for the purposes of this meeting. For those of you who don't think he's the Pope and never was, you might take that as a sign of hope. Personally, I think most of them just want him to be gone and are pretending that he already is. A different article from the National Catholic Register, or reporter rather, that expresses the perplexity of the editorial staff of that fake Catholic rag of a newspaper really lays out what is missing here. It's pretty much the entire Francis program. Sean Michael Winters here over at the National Catholic Reporter really lays this out. Quote, 
The current strategic plan is remarkable for its lack of engagement with the pontificate of Pope Francis. There's nothing about care for creation, nor about the urgency of the worldwide, uh, we'll call it moving around of people, crisis. There is the continued confusion between evangelization and apologetics that is the hallmark of a kind of U.S. bishop epitomized by Bishop Robert Barron of Winona, Rochester, Minnesota. As a kind of uh, aside here, if Bishop Barron is something they're concerned with, that tells you how far off the deep end they've gone. Anyway, continuing. The Catholic campaign for human development is mentioned, but they have been forced to cut back on their grants, even while outside money funds the Eucharistic Congress. Notice anything missing from the press release announcing next month's meeting. There's not a single mention of the ongoing synod. Not even one mention. The most consequential development in ecclesiology since the close of Vatican II, and no one who looked at the press release said to themselves, Hey, wait a minute. What about synodality? End quote. The Eucharistic Congress is more important, folks. It really is. And uh, I, I have something that somebody pointed out to me that I should cover for you this weekend. But anyway, here's just a thought about all this. Maybe the U.S. bishops are ignoring synodality because most of the laity in the U.S. ignored it too. Maybe we're all tired of synodality. Maybe none of us wants the new religion represented by synodality and dialogue and listening and accompaniment and lukewarmness in the face of social chaos. Maybe none of us wants it. Just a thought. It would be nice if Francis would stand up for the faith in the rising tide of an emboldened evil in the world, but no, he doesn't really do much of anything, including trying to keep the laity in line. Most Catholics seem indifferent to or even supportive of some of the greatest evils in the world today, which isn't really that surprising. The post-Vatican II era has been characterized by many things, but I think we can sum it all up under the title of institutionalized lukewarmness. It is the rule of the day. Lukewarmness is the rule of the day, for fear that we might offend somebody. Instead, we choose to walk together, whatever that means. But we all know how our blessed Lord felt about Luke, the lukewarm. Now, I'm going to leave you with this thought today, which comes from Pope St. Leo the Great. He describes what the state of the church will be like before the arrival of the Antichrist. The church will be weakened on every front, including the most disciplinary practices typical Catholics observe will just barely be observed, if at all. When that time comes, it is the time of Antichrist. Here's what he has to say in his famous reflection on the book of Job. Quote, for by the awful course of the secret dispensation, God allowing evil to grow until the end times, before this Leviathan, the Antichrist, appears in the accursed man whom he assumes, Antichrist, signs of power are withdrawn from the Holy Church. For prophecy is hidden, the grace of healing is taken away, the power of longer abstinences is weakened, the words of doctrine are silent, the prodigies of miracles are removed, and though the heavenly dispensation does not entirely withdraw them, yet it does not manifest them openly and in manifold ways as in former times. And this is so caused by a wonderful dispensation, in order that the divine mercy and justice may be fulfilled together by one and the same means. For when holy church appears as if she were more abject, on the withdrawal of signs of power, both the reward of the good increases, who reverence for her for the hope of heavenly things, and not on account of present signs. And the mind of the wicked is the more quickly displayed, against her, who neglect to pursue the invisible things which she promises, when they are not constrained by the visible signs. When, therefore, the humility of the faithful is deprived of the manifold manifestation of wonders, by the terrible judgment of the secret dispensation, there is heaped upon more abundant mercy for the good, and just anger for the evil, by the same means, because these signs of power cease in great measure, in holy church, 
before this Leviathan manifestly invisibly comes, it is now rightly said, want will go before his face. End quote. Pope St. Leo the Great was one of the great minds of the church, one of the greatest minds of the church. But does his description sound familiar? Let me know if this sounds like the Synodal Church of the New Advent to you, if it sounds like our times in the world today, and let me know if you're surprised that the U.S. bishops are ignoring Francis's program, and what you think of that abominable statue in Argentina. And go ahead and like and subscribe if you haven't at this point, as well as share this on social media. That helps a ton, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.